Hey, welcome back to Sidewalk Skyline Podcast. One of the treats on uh, the trip to Peterborough uh, that Bill and I took was uh, getting to meet Todd Carlton. Uh, Todd is a firefighter uh, who is involved in a ministry called Disciple a City. He's also the host of his own podcast called The Toddcast. And uh, so uh, while we were in Peterborough, we went to McCrary Park and Todd and I sat down by Little Lake and uh, had a great, great conversation getting to know him. So now it's your chance to get to know Todd Carlton. Let's go to that interview right now. I think the thing I'm most curious about since we literally just met a few minutes ago uh, is uh, to hear your story, um, your journey to, to Jesus or his journey to you, whichever way that works, yeah. you know? So uh, take, us, take us back to uh, uh, the little boy and uh, how he became a man of God. Well, um, I grew up, um, I, I don't wanna say religious, but kind of in, in a religious church background, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't go all the time, but it was more, it was more like it was a cultural thing or it was just, what you do yeah um so there was a belief there like i believe yeah. i always believed in god and stuff like that but um throughout growing up um i i felt like there was hypocrisy in it like not that there was bad people in my life but the way people lived wasn't the way of what the church was projecting if that yeah. makes sense yeah and so I had my belief and I just didn't want to be part of that hypocrisy so I just got away from it as soon as I was you know old enough to yeah and uh I just this might surprise you based on my appearance but I just really related to like the heavy metal and rock and roll subculture <laughs> it's a little hard to see <laughs> And uh, I just like, I just immersed my life in that, right? Like it's, yeah. it's interesting in hindsight, mm -hmm. we're always seeking identity, mm -hmm. right? Who, as we grow up, who, who am I? I belong to this family unit, but who am I as an individual? Yeah. And I was sort of drawn to that and felt like I could relate to that. And so I was drawn into that music. Um, my parents separated when I was really young. Mm -hmm. And although I still had contact with my dad and everything, um, and, and everything was good. It wasn't hugely negative, but, uh, I just, I guess in hindsight, there was, I felt like I had a lot of anger and I think that that music helped me to channel that anger. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, I grew up with that and long story short over time, I just got sucked into all that goes along in that lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. But growing up, I had goals in my life and I, I wanted this certain career. I wanted to be married one day and I wanted to have kids. Yeah. And throughout on the way to those goals, I was going to party and live that lifestyle mm -hmm. until I achieved those goals. So what, what, what was your career objective as a, as a young guy? So I always wanted to be a firefighter. Yeah. Yeah. Since yeah. I was a little kid, it was just something that I wanted to do. And yeah. Yeah. And, and it is what you do. And now it is what I do. Yeah. 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 So, so you're, you're, you've got some root system tied to uh, religion. You've got some family values uh, and then you got heavy metal and, and the, the pull of the world, the flesh and the devil. And uh, so how'd that go? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it seemingly went well for a while. Yeah. Because uh, that's, you know, one thing that's interesting about that lifestyle is like you you get so absorbed into it um, that it just, that's what it becomes. It's not what you do. Now it's who you are. Yeah. And it's that lifestyle. So, um, but like I say, with having those goals, when, once I achieved those goals, I, I got the job. Uh, I got married mm -hmm. and um, that just those things kind of throttled back on that lifestyle a little bit. Yeah. Um, a little bit of normal growing up, right? Yeah. Just in the sense that, um, well, essentially I ended up a functional addict mm. and I was using all kinds of stuff and partying um, because I was on my own. So when I got married and got this job, I felt like some things had to change. So some of the things I was using, I stopped using and sort of stopped partying in that way. But mm -hmm. a lot of things held on and I was still using every day to sort of attain this comfortably numb. Yeah. Right. As Pink Floyd would call it. Yeah. Just comfortably numb state. Um, but it just seemed like normal and and. You know, you kind of feel like, well, people, everybody's doing this or people are using different things. So what's the difference? And, you know, this yeah. false justification that sort of comes from the inside. Yeah. Um, when you're living in dim light, you, you don't see a lot of definition, right? Yeah. 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 And so when I had my when we had our second child, I just began to feel this emptiness inside. It's like I had been in my career now for seven or eight years. I, I, we moved from the city into the country, into a nice spot in the country with some property. And it's like, I have all this stuff, but something's missing inside. And I really start questioning what, what is my purpose? And mm -hmm. like, is this it kind of like climbing to the top of a mountain? And then even though the view is so beautiful, now what? And so I just felt this emptiness. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to advance my career? Do I just uh, drive my kids to soccer? Like, is that what life's all about? Is that it? Yeah. And what's my purpose was the ultimate question. Yeah. So it made me think of a book called The Purpose Driven Life by mm -hmm. Rick Warren. Yeah. Which um, my wife's in the emergency services too. And when we were living in the city, she was working somewhere far away and had asked me to buy her this book on audio for a birthday or Christmas or something, which I did. Yeah. And it made me think of this. So I grabbed these CDs and I started listening to them when I was driving to work. I was actually carpooling and I stopped carpooling, made up some excuse because I wanted to listen to this thing. And I started listening to this book and you're familiar with it. Yeah. So yeah. the 40 day, once a day devotional but i just crushed it sneaky <laughs> right yeah i wasn't doing 40 days i was doing all you can do it all back to back eh? and i mean there's yeah. a deeper story because mm -hmm. i i uh i started attending church with my wife she was a christian and mm -hmm. and um so i mean there's all kinds of where, where were you living at that time at this point we were living in the peterborough area okay yeah, yeah. and we but starting attending a church with my wife, I was kind of attending it out of obligation. Yeah. But while I would, you know, kind of backtracking, but I would just pre this, I'd be sitting in church and at times I'd feel like I was getting emotional, like I was going to cry. Yeah. And I didn't know why. And then in my head, I'm 
sort of saying to myself, what are you doing, man? Firemen don't cry. Like, what's wrong yeah. with you? You know, and I'd yeah. suppress it. And then at the same time, I would miss whatever was being spoken because mm-hmm. I was having a conversation yeah. with myself. Yeah. But there were all these little things like that mm-hmm. leading up to this. So I'm driving, I'm listening to The Purpose Driven Life, and I don't know specifically what point he was at in his book, mm-hmm. but I had been seeking enough, I had known enough about some of the things you learn in church. Mm-hmm. And although I believed there was something in me that I really wanted to know if mm-hmm. Jesus was real. yeah. So while I'm driving, I shut the CD off and I, as funny as this sounds, I leaned forward and I looked up into the sky and I said, Jesus, if you're real, come into my heart right now. And as soon as I said that, I literally felt something and come yeah. into my heart. Yeah. Like I felt, I just felt it, it, the belief in a moment became real. And it's like the only way I could, if I had to describe it in that moment, it's, it was like the highest high, but the most pure yeah. thing. And so now I'm, <laughs> I'm doing like a hundred kilometers an hour down this country road. Right. And I'm now I'm doing this, I'm driving and because it's so real. Yeah. And, uh, a, a moment or two later, I learned what conviction meant hmm. because I audibly uh, by myself said, what have I done? And it's just this moment of belief to him becoming real and realized how I've lived my life and what I've done to people. And I started bawling in my truck. It's just, uh, and the essence of what that word conviction means, which is not something that can be put on us. Right. It's something that God shows us. No, conviction is Holy Ghost therapy. Yeah. It, it gets to the root. It gets to, to where the, the, the underlying problem is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, man, that night I went home and I, I remember walking in the door. My wife was holding our daughter was a baby. And uh, I looked at her and I just told her what happened. And she just like lit right up and then she tried to suppress it. You know how at times <laughs> yeah, we yeah. feel like if we get too excited, somebody yeah. will lose their, yeah. and I saw it and recognized it. And I said, no, this is, this is real. Yeah. And, uh, unbeknownst to me, her and her mom had been praying for three to four months every day. Go figure. That I would encounter this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that night it's interesting too because that night um i sort of had this routine of still i'm a functional addict right yeah so i'm i had this routine we get our kids to bed and i would go out into my uh my garage and i would get high and i would have a couple of really stiff drinks and and i smoked at the same time too and and the the deception of the enemy was well some people drink wine blah 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 you do this whatever yeah. your wife's good the kid like yeah if something happens there's somebody here you know yeah just living this deception and um and that was my night and the next day nobody was home and my are you familiar with the metal band corn mm-hmm. so my wife had bought me pre this this was actually in february so at christmas she had bought me brian had welch's yep. book wash my blood yeah 
which was funny because I don't really read books. Yeah. I'm not a reader. Yeah, but I but grabbed, you like metal, so... I like metal. Yeah. So I grabbed his book, which is his, his testimony. Have you yeah, read it? I haven't read it, but I've uh, I've seen him uh, perform. and uh, Yeah, he's, he's the real deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I read his book, and it's obviously his testimony. Yeah. And he starts from when he was a kid, but we're the same age, and mm-hmm. so we we wore the same clothes, we liked the same music, we didn't like other kids because they like that music and right it just drew me into his testimony (laughs) and uh in his book when he comes to faith and sort of his whole thing unfolds he's doing some business with a couple of christians and one night he writes in his book how this christian friend Mm -hmm. sends him an email and says hey i'm not pushing you but i just you know i was reading my bible blah 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 and i i read this and i thought it might mean something to you and it's matthew 11 uh, 28 to 30 come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest wow so my wife comes home that day and I'm lit right up now right so she comes home and I don't know preparing dinner or whatever and I I say hey I read this in Head's book today check this out yeah and the irony of now I'm gonna tell the Christian what the Bible says right <laughs> and so I open the book and I start reading it and I can't read it like I start reading it and I start, like I get so choked up I can't read, I pause. Okay, collect myself. And I try to read, I can't read it. And I have to slide the book over her for her to read it. And it's, and it's for the first time in my life, the words, the power of the word, even though it's in another book, comes off the page and it speaks to me. Because until I read those words, I didn't even realize that I was burdened. So the same thing that night, kids go to bed and I'm in my routine and I go to my garage and I get high and I have a couple of drinks and I'm standing in the doorway and I'm having a smoke and I'm looking over the scenery and I hear God's voice, man. And I hear him say to me, what have I not given you that you need to be drunk and high every day? And bro, all the hair on my arms stood straight up And in that moment, he took the desire to be intoxicated right out of me. Wow. It was like a deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, to me, it was a demonstration of his power. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Personally. That I couldn't explain to anybody. And so in the ensuing days, man, my thoughts are, I, I got to go to work. I got to tell my platoon. Yeah. Because I love these people. Yeah. And they need to know this. Yeah. And then I think, wait a minute. <laughs> they're going to think, <laughs> they're going to think I've lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, you know, man, after that, I just, I opened up the Bible and I just started, uh, I just things progressed really quickly after that i just was so hungry for the bible i had met a youth pastor who was close to my age in the church that we were attending um he suggested i start reading the book of john and so i just devoured started devouring scripture man and i read john and i read matthew and then mark and then luke and uh uh, he started 
he said, hey, why don't we start a Bible study with, I know this other guy, and we just started meeting and going through stuff together. And, uh, you know, I, I'd been christened as a kid, which I don't remember. And then because I had to go to the school, I had to get baptized again when I was a kid because it wasn't the same thing. And, right. But after I got through the Gospels and I started reading Acts, <laughs> and I read, you know, many believe Peter and John spoke. And yeah. Many believed that day and were baptized. And I read the story of mm -hmm. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And there's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And I just felt it. I need to get baptized because now I believe. Yeah. And so I called the pastor and I said, man, you got to fill up the tank. I got to come right now. I got to get baptized. And he's laughing. And, you know, and and anyway, so the, the ensuing few months were... Um, my wife's parents telling their friends and different people mm -hmm. what had happened. And one thing that I vividly remember is people coming up to me and saying, Hey, we heard congratulations and shaking my hand. But certain people, mm -hmm. when they looked at me mm -hmm. through their eyes, I knew that they knew exactly what I experienced. Mm. Other people were heard and congratulating me, but yeah. it was different. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But certain people, I didn't even have to share my story. They knew. You know, I think uh, I was thinking about while you were talking, um, this is how my mind works. I was thinking about voice recognition software. You know, when you have a computer program that you uh, plug in the microphone and you uh, train the software to recognize your voice. You know, and um, and and it's kind of like that's you you had to be trained to how to um, uh, recognize the voice, right? And and the Word of God trains us to recognize His voice. You know, he said uh, um, he talks about his sheep recognize His voice, right? And uh, so I just thought of that when you were saying about, you know, how you could see in somebody's eyes whether they really heard you or not, whether they really understood, whether there was a, uh, I don't know, a revealing happening inside them that, yeah, this is, this is God doing this and taught. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you, uh, you began to walk with Jesus. Uh, I'm sure that made a good difference in in your marriage and uh and and you mentioned the guys in your platoon i mean I, i'm not a fireman but what i know is that uh you guys um you know you your your lives literally depend on each other you have to you have to function together in ways that uh, you know keep you all safe keep you and and you spend a lot of time with them right yeah on a shift you're how long are you there on a shift at the time we were doing 12 uh, 10 hour days and 14 hour nights now we do 24 hour shifts yeah but when you do 14 hour nights you were four yeah. nights in a row so, so you get to you guys get to know each other yeah yeah um let's go back a little bit to uh when you wanted to be a fireman and uh you know i think uh a lot of little kids, I want to be a fireman, you know, and they got the plastic red hat and, and uh, all that. But no, what was going on 
um, even before you were recognizing the voice, you know, what was going on in you as, as, as a kid or as a young man that made you say, being a fireman would be a, a really good thing? What was the really good thing about being a fireman? Uh, you know what? I don't even know if I can explain it. I just, I just really had it in me that I wanted. I really wanted to help people. I just really had a desire to help people, and that's in the service. That's almost the stereotypical interview thing to yeah. say, which is almost don't say that because everybody says that. No, but it's true. <laughs> but it's true. But it is yeah. true at the same time. But I just had this. I don't know. I just had this desire that I really wanted to help people, and I wanted to put myself in a position where I could help people. So along the way, I did what people do. You take first aid and all this stuff. Yeah. But when you come across people that are hurt, people typically don't want you touching them. <laughs> unless, Even though you have to touch them, right? Well, unless you step out of a, a red truck with a bunch of bags or you yep. step out of an ambulance, people typically don't want you touching them, hmm. right? So, um, and, and I don't know what it was. I, I guess it was all the elements of of that job, the car accidents, the fires, everything. I, I don't really know specifically. It, mm. it, you know, God obviously clearly put it in me to do that. Yeah, he called you before you even knew who he was. Yeah. He was calling you, you just didn't recognize the voice yet. Yeah. But it was it, it was speaking to you. Yeah. Yeah. That desire to save people. And drive around a big truck and slide down a pole slide and down poles and eat big meals <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask you about the calendar you know that <laughs> so let's let's uh, continue on then so uh, you're walking with Jesus you're learning to recognize his voice in your life and respond to him um, so where did things begin to uh, I would say, when did you begin to um, connect with people with more of a spiritual dimension and where you began to s see that, you know, um, I might have some important contribution to make in their life right now, you know, that's not related to your role, but to who, who you are in Christ, right? there's something happened like now you're involved in a lot of like you told me earlier on you're in you you're, you feel like you're in full-time ministry and you're a part-time fireman yeah yeah so talk about that what where 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 did all this lead you what what kind of um, full-time ministry are you engaged in well that's a lot of that's a lot of questions <laughs> yeah, I know I know so well, let me just say this uh, I um, when where I first uh, got connected was listening to your podcast called the Toddcast, and uh, we'll put a, a link in the show notes so people can find the right Toddcast. Because <laughs> sure, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, so I know that 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 with the podcast, what I'm hearing from the episodes I've listened to is that um, you have a genuine curiosity about people and wanting to hear what's your journey to Jesus look like and uh, you, you you want that story to be told right yeah yeah um, so you have some other uh, involvements uh, things that you're doing uh, 
you got the podcast, what else? Okay, well, just to, to go back to sort of your initial first question, what led up to it is uh, I was actually involved in a promotional process at mm -hmm. work when I came to faith. Mm -hmm. But when I came to faith, it was so powerful and it and so real that nothing else mattered. So I let that go. Instead of being promoted up the chain in, in the fire department. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually, to be honest with you, I was going through a process and because I was so hungry for the word, I totally stopped studying and I just just dove into the yeah. God's word. Yeah. And I didn't pass the promotional process because yeah. I was pursuing him yeah. and it didn't even bother me. Yeah. Um, but the, the next chunk of time ended up being that I was sharing my testimony with everybody that I could. I was sharing with guys at work, with those who wanted to hear or those who had, who had heard mm -hmm. that wanted to hear. I was sharing it with them. My in-laws were asking me, hey, this is Kevin, share share your story with him. And then yeah. they were just throwing me under the bus, <laughs> right? Which was fine. And it seemed like I was sharing my testimony every day for so long with people. Wow. And just, yeah. and, and it, it almost felt like this is what I, I meant to do, mm -hmm. right? I, I just, to show people that it's, this isn't about a choice in the sense of oh I choose I'm gonna be a Christian right no. this is Jesus is real and blah 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 you so, were chosen yeah 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 so I, I was doing that I was involved with a group of guys um, studying the the word together and it, it wasn't affiliated with any church it was mm -hmm. just we were just doing it on our own yeah so there's doing that and then what that led up to is because I had read heads book and discovered his Christian journey, I started following him on social media. Mm -hmm. He um, started promoting a video, a Darren Wilson video called Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. which Todd White is in. Okay. And yep. because because Head was promoting it, when it came out, I bought it. Mm -hmm. I watched it. I got exposed to Todd White. Yeah. The very next day, I'm in a restaurant in town with the guys that were doing a Bible study were getting together to study the Beatitudes. I'm sitting in this chair. The door swings open and a woman comes in and crutches an obvious lot of pain and discomfort really slow. And as soon as she walks in the door, the lead guy's talking about what we're going to talk about that day. And I just hear white noise in my ear. Hmm. And I know I need to pray for her. And I've never prayed for anybody in my life. Hmm. And so the lead guy realizes that I'm not paying attention. And he says, what do you think, Todd? And so anyways, I sh I'm sorry, guys. And I share what what's happened. And um, I have to go pray for this guy. And so one of the guys in our group, he grew up in a in a church that would be bold and praying for people, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to give them handles, but you know what I yeah. mean? And uh, yeah. so he's kind of a little bit freaked out because he he knows that part of it the spiritual part of it <laughs> yeah so long story short at the end of lunch and this is this restaurant's packed i go up to this woman and i said hello and said my name and i asked her what happened and she was in a car accident and she's you know hurt all over and and i said i know this sounds weird but can i pray for you and uh before that happened i was saying to the guys like is why is this because I watched this movie and Todd White with the dreads and the, the and like, is it because of these guys with long hair and tattoos and, or is this, you know, yeah. but I knew I had to do it. So I asked her all that and she said I could pray for her. So in the restaurant, 
I got down on my knee and I looked at her and I said, all things are possible in him. And I didn't know enough at that point. That was totally him speaking through me. And so I put my hand on her and I, I prayed for her. And when I stopped praying, I looked at her and her eyes were closed. So she was receiving prayer and I looked at her sister and her sister, you know, said thanks to me. Like, this is such a nice thing. And she opened her eyes and I said to her again, uh, all things are possible in him. And while I was praying with her, it was like I was in this bubble. I didn't care about the people around. I was hmm. totally calm. Yeah. And I prayed whatever I prayed. And as soon as I said that again, that all things are possible in him, the bubble burst and I got really nervous and I just went, take care. And I ran out of the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your flow state got interrupted. Gone. <laughs> but that day, that began the journey and the encouragement from this Holy Ghost video yeah. of I need to go out and share with people. So I started going around Peterborough by myself. Mm -hmm. I'd park my vehicle somewhere. I'd leave my house in the country. We're 15 minutes out of town. Mm -hmm. Drive into town, park, walk down the street and just say, God, who do you want me to talk to? And God would seemingly point people out to me and I would talk to random strangers. I would mm -hmm. sit with some homeless people yeah. and just chat with them and share and uh, this is how I eventually met Adam Shepsky, who's the director of Disciple City. Yeah. Um, we met through a mutual friend, but one day out of the blue, he called me and he said, hey, a friend and I are wanting to start a ministry where we equip and encourage Christians to share their faith. Yeah. Uh, and I thought about you. I was wondering if you'd be interested. And, and I said, man, I literally just got home. I've been downtown for two or three hours doing that so yeah I'm, I'm in yeah yeah and then he says uh well and I'm also going on this trip to Sweden for the weekend in whatever and I'm looking for a travel partner Sweden. If, if you'd like to go and I said yeah, yeah I'll get back to you on that <laughs> so I hung up the phone and I said to my wife I got this guy I don't know just asked me if I'd go to Sweden with him for three days for a conference <laughs> and we looked at each other and said that's it's so insane. It must be God. You should go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I ended up going and that's a whole nother story, but just something that drew me in, in closer. And so then anyways, that was the birth of, of uh, disciple of city. And we started um, meeting once a week, downtown in Peterborough mm -hmm. at uh, actually at the bridge, the youth for Christ building. Yep. And uh, we would gather and we would worship and we would pray together and then we would go out into the street and not so much for street evangelism per mm -hmm. se or to make people into street evangelists, no. but to encourage Christians that, hey, when you go out and let God lead, people are open to hear and yeah. you can actually share the gospel in your everyday life. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're actually, uh, if, if I can... Uh, add commentary to that I would say it looks to me like you are going to a place where you can discover God's presence at work you're you're not going to make it happen you're going to join into it and 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 by joining with the Lord you know you're you're now he's already here he's He's, he was here long before any of us were. He'll be here long after we're gone, but he's here and, and he's, he's 
very present and, and he's paying attention to the birds and the squirrels. Yeah. And uh, what are we paying attention to? You know, he, he cares. He cares. Jesus looks and he sees people and he says, they're like sheep without a shepherd, right? There's this heart thing that's happening. And so that's a whole lot different than being driven to say, you know, um, if if we don't do it, nobody will. And and you know we have to we have to pressure, put the pressure on so people will do this. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, it it grew in your heart. Totally. Yeah. And and there was a point where my wife almost didn't want to go out like shopping and doing those things with me because we would shop and I'd be just looking around and praying, but I would literally everywhere, everywhere and she's you like go, green or blue. Yeah, like, no, no. But everywhere we went, if we'd go, if I go into a grocery store while I walk through the parking lot, I would just, God, show me how you love people. Mm. Because as people, you know, it's easy to love the people that you know or the people that are close to you. Mm -hmm. But what about the stranger? Or what about the person who, you know, we, we, we're we judgmental almost by nature, yeah. right? The sinful nature. And we oh, look yeah. at people and think they're gross. I wouldn't touch them. Yeah. But he loves them. And so I'm asking God, show me how you love. Mm -hmm. Show me somebody that you love and that you want me to talk to. Yeah. And just everywhere I went. And I would have conversations and pray for people and grocery stores and Canadian Tire in coffee shops and this is what our ministry exists to empower people is that it's one thing to gather as a group of Christians and go out and share which yeah. is great awesome and needed yeah but we spend most of our time doing our own thing yeah. and God wants to use us in those aspects too and so it's encouraging everybody to Mm -hmm. to get out there and do that and then our ministry has grown beyond that to then okay well what happens when because we did this for quite a while mm -hmm. but then people then well they would give their lives to christ right so then well then what happens yeah. then what happens right so yeah. <clears throat> now our ministry has evolved into that but also um empowering people on how to start small groups home churches or, or whatever right yeah. how to pray for people how to yeah. disciple yeah. new disciples yeah right and yeah. not to take away from the church because yeah uh, it's good for us still to to attend corporate worship and yeah. be in the bigger context and yeah. the churches have all a lot of churches yeah. have their small groups we all need each too. other we're all we're all a body right yeah yeah this is like in addition to that yeah of of having your smaller intimate group yeah how to baptize people yeah uh, you know, disciple them, cast out demons, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so are there some examples, uh, you know, one or two, three stories of uh, encounters that you've had with people? You had that, that first time in, in the diner where the woman was, was on crutches and you got in the bubble and you prayed for her. Um, and got any other stories like that? Did yeah, I don't know. Uh, this happen a lot all the time yeah <laughs> all the time yeah so and any that that especially stick to you yeah a lot of stuff happens when we go out in these bigger groups but I've had really crazy stuff more happen when I'm by myself mm -hmm. you know uh, which is interesting how God works in that way um, I, and I have opportunities at work mm -hmm. and uh, 
you know, I've not been hired to be an evangelical tool for my employer. Right. But at the same time, I'm a new creation and I'm commissioned to the Great Commission. Mm. And 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 I just believe in my heart that if I follow the Spirit's guidance, yeah. the opportunities will be there. Yeah. And and that, you know, is respectful and to everybody and honoring mm -hmm. God at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I share with people at work, but at the same time, there's people at work who don't want to hear and they know yep. that I'm in ministry and stuff. And so yep. I respect that because yep. God prepares the heart to hear the word. Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, as I, there's obviously heaps to the story, but uh, as I grew and, and read the Bible and read of Jesus going around and healing people and teaching the disciples and telling yeah. them greater things than this will you do and yeah. saying, how, and, and you know, signs and wonders follow those who believe. Yeah. I believe yeah. they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Mm -hmm. And although I value others' input, mm -hmm. there's a lot of theological debate. Mm -hmm. I don't want to debate anything with anybody. I want to know what this looks like yeah. from God to me. Yeah. And so that's what the scripture says. I'm standing on the word. I'm going to go out and pray for people yeah. and where I feel led, pray for healing. Yeah. So I began to do this for the longest time. Nothing happened. And then things started happening. And then things started happening so much to sometimes to the point where I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Which is just, I know it's going to happen. So one night we're at a car accident. Yeah. And it's, it's almost winter. It's dark. It's in the middle of the intersection. It's not serious. But everything's all blocked off and this particular role I'm driving the truck so in that role I more stay with the truck yeah there's always a big animosity uh, with tow truck drivers in my business mm -hmm. and um, I have to guard my heart to not get caught up in that because he loves them yeah and so I almost got caught up in it this night but I I chose not to listen to that voice and I'm chatting with this with this driver as everything else is going on he's waiting for his role mm -hmm. and i'm my role's complete i i'm yeah. just you know and so i feel like i'm getting a word that he has pain in his right shoulder or something or mm -hmm. his left shoulder whatever it was and i said hey man this sounds and we had been chatting for a while i said yeah. hey man this sounds weird but do you have pain and stuff and he says no why would you ask me that and i said uh and he's a big dude too, yeah. right? And 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 uh, I said, well, you know, I'm a Christian man, and I'm learning to hear from God. And and while we were talking, I was just praying for you, and I thought I had a word for it. He said, oh, well, actually, he said I have pain in my forearm a little bit. Mm. And I said, oh yeah, watch this. And I grabbed his arm, yeah. And I just prayed a simple prayer for the pain to go. And I pulled my hand back and looked at him and smiled, and he went like this to his arm, and he went, what? And he literally jumped back and he said, man, you got skills. <laughs> you got and I skills. said, no, I said, I don't have skills. Jesus yeah. has skills and he loves you. Yeah. I said, how is that? He goes, that's amazing. He goes, I still have some pain in my wrist. And at the same time, his phone rings. Yeah. So he pulls his phone out. He gets on his phone. I grab his wrist. Yeah. I pray for his wrist. He says, hang on a second. He moves his wrist, says, what? I got to go. Hangs up his phone. <laughs> So, oh, that's beautiful. So then we start, but here's the thing. Yeah. When we don't step out, we start having a conversation. He's got a friend that he's been talking to about God. 
And his Christian friend has been telling him about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says to me, let me ask you a question. I don't understand how three can be one. And I said, man, that's a great question, right? I said, you know, it's hard to wrap our head around these things. But I said, you know, you can look at it like water, ice, and steam. They're Mm. three things, but they're all one. Yeah. He's like, wow, that's that's amazing. And and I got to share a little bit of my testimony. Yeah. I get to share a little bit of the gospel with him. And when it was all said and done, uh, you know, I said, man, you go back and talk to your friend and tell him what happened. And he said, yeah, I I totally will. And he ended up not getting the job. Like he didn't get to tow these cars. And I said, man, I'm sorry you didn't get this hook, you know? And he said, you know what? It doesn't matter. That's not what today was about. And so to me, man, the point is, this is in the middle of an intersection in a scene. but we step out and not realize he's already having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And this is just another. And you know, that animosity, you know, I mean, most, most of us Canadians would say, well, I don't really have any enemies, but we have animosities and, and you were prompted in that truck that day to, the Holy Spirit was saying, you're supposed to love your enemy. Pull, pull back on that animosity. That's getting in the way of something. And and so you did. And uh, yeah. So it, it's isn't it amazing, eh? You know, we think we're we're gonna save save the world, but uh, Jesus saves us in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah. Purifying your heart, eh? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And my directions. My directions changed in that. Yeah. Um, so maybe just uh, one last question uh, we could talk about what do you see happening in in Peterborough uh, right now and and, I mean you've been here in this area for 15 years and uh, are there some things that um, uh, you uh, are sensing or seeing like, like what's God trying to do here in Peterborough because from as an outsider to the city looking on it looks to me like there's this um, uh, this stirring, this something's something's happening. What do you see? I see uh, because I didn't grow up here. It's really interesting what's happening in the city. I see such a beautiful city. That's a city, but it's also the country, right? Like we're yeah. sitting backing onto this yeah. beautiful lake. Yeah. And there's fishing, and there's all that country, northern Ontario stuff at the yeah. same time. But there is a spiritual battle yeah. happening for this city. And there's a lot of darkness here, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of light. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of different organizations, Christian organizations, a lot of different ministries mm-hmm. and missions that have a heart for this city. Yeah, that's and what I'm seeing too. There's a, a in-gathering around mission. And I'm really believing in my heart as we all are in, in Disciple City and the others, that God wants to take this city back mm. for his, these are his people. Yeah. And he wants it back. And what makes that even more evident to me is the fact of how what the enemy's doing mm-hmm. seems to slightly increase. Mm-hmm. And, and I've learned that when the enemy moves, I embrace it in the sense that this is a sign that God's actually moving. Yeah. Because the enemy doesn't care 
if we're not moving. Yeah. So he might kick his prisoners once in a while, but he's got them. So when he's losing them, that's when when the enemy loses prisoners. Yeah. That's that's when you know God's doing something. And I didn't even believe in the enemy before I came to faith because yeah. I was on his team. I was living for myself. I was yeah. using people and I wasn't sharing about Jesus. Yeah. So I never sensed the enemy until I started serving the Lord. Mm. And so he wants this city back. Yeah. And uh and and that's, you know, our primary mission of Disciple a City is to see all cities but to see this city come to know God mm-hmm. and that starts when we all mobilize and share the gospel even if you don't feel like you were called to evangelism you were called to evangelize yeah maybe you're called to kids ministry or whatever you know people say stuff like that all the yeah. time but well maybe you were yeah to focus there yeah but then you're the one that's going to evangelize to the parent that brings their kid that's kind of drifted yeah right yeah. or maybe doesn't know yeah. And you still go to the grocery store and all the same places that I go. Yeah. And although I would like to, my wife won't let me stop and pray with every single person in the grocery store. So <laughs> other people have to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's beautiful. Well, Todd, I just want to thank you for uh, taking taking some time out of your day to sit here and do this. I'm going to keep listening to the podcast, and I'm going to encourage other people to check it out, too. Thanks. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you, Todd. Uh, It was great getting to know you. On the next episode of uh, this podcast, uh, we're going to be uh, going out on the streets with uh, Scott Cooper and uh, his street-level advocacy ministry in Peterborough. And uh, it's uh, very heart wrenching to uh, work up close with people who are uh, homeless in a city like Peterborough or any city. And uh, so in our next episode, we're going to take you behind the scenes and uh, be with Scott on the street along with some of his team. So join us again, will you, for Sidewalk Skyline Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers, and look forward to seeing you again.